Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Here we go then with another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by the lovely people at the podcast host. Find out how lovely they are for yourself if you want to start a podcast. You can find out everything they can offer you from their courses to their technical assistance by following the link at beingfreelance.com. Right now, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for illustrator Austin Marie. With the online world, it's very fickle. And if you're not putting out content and if you're not streaming often, it gets to the point where people, they don't necessarily forget, but they find other people to watch. There's always going to be a decrease in your numbers and your viewership right after you take a vacation. So you have to kind of do it with tact and figure out when you want to do it. But I still find them being absolutely necessary to the creative process in anything. Like, you need to take your time off, you need to clear your head, and you need to not work for a bit. I am of the mindset that you should always do something because you want to do it. And if you don't want to do it, everyone's going to know that you're not wanting to do it while you're doing it, and it's not going to be a good time for anyone. Yes, hello. Hope everything's going well for you as the year whips by. We are into another episode and chatting to illustrator Austin Marie in a moment. Uh, just to remind you, beingfreelance.com is the website. Sign up for the newsletter there. You can find us on Twitter as well. You can also find details of the conference I'm going to be at, New Media Europe. I know I've banged on a lot about it, but uh, anyway, I, I, sh- I shall keep it brief this week, but go take a look there. We're basically doing a live version of this podcast at the New Media Europe Conference. It's in London in June and we're there on the Sunday. And in fact, you can even buy a ticket just to that session if you can't make it for the for the whole weekend. So anyway, take a look, beingfreelance.com. Right now, though, uh, we're off to the States, just north of LA to talk to freelance illustrator Austin Marie. Hey, Austin. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for this. So how about we get started chatting about how you got started being freelance? Yeah, um, I actually have a weird kind of way I got about it. I guess we all kind of got about it in strange ways. But um, I was in uni. I lived in New Zealand for a while and I was in uni there and I needed to pay my bills and I didn't want to work my job anymore. So I had this weird moment where I said, you know what, I'm just going to try to do art and have people pay me and cover my bills. But the specific art I was doing was uh, furry artwork. So that's where I started my career as a freelance illustrator, was drawing furry artwork. Furry artwork? Yeah. What's a like, furry artwork? Is this a uh, thing of the... <laughs> this, is a, this is a thing. Um, it's like anthropomorphic characters, animalistic things. They have a bad rap online because, you know, it can be weird. But uh, I just drew, you know anthropomorphized uh, fox ladies or cat ladies or whatever. And the community there was really welcoming and they had a lot of money to spend on me. And I thought it was awesome because I was 19 and needed money for wine and paying my bills. If I type furry artwork into Google Images, am I going to get arrested? Uh, it's all gonna... <laughs> You won't get arrested, but I definitely would say keep your safe search on. <laughs> okay. Oh, I see. Oh, I know that sort of thing. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, it's it's an interesting group. There's a, a small subset that is very loud and gives them a bad name. I'll just say that. But so, what were you studying at uni? Um, I was actually there for um, design. I was a graphic design major, and I was trying to get my minor in sociology as well. Oh, I see. So it was purely a, a hobby, a love of yours that was art that you thought I could make some money out of this, maybe. 
Yeah, um, I think it was more, um, I went to school because my mom was just like, you have to get a degree. And I had no desire really to go to college whatsoever. And so finally I was like, all right, if I'm going to go to school, one, I'm going to go to school in New Zealand. And two, I'm going <laughs> to do it for design because I think that's the one I can tolerate the most and balance everything else with. So I begrudgingly went, but it was one of the best times of my life. So I'm glad I did. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so how did you find those first clients uh, to, to pay your way through college? Um, I had been posting stuff online, like on DeviantArt and things like that. But specifically due to the fact that it is the furry community and I do have to give them so much credit for like launching my career, so to speak. Um, there is a website that they use. It's kind of like the furry version of DeviantArt. And I just started posting artwork on there and people notice right away. And they're way more interactive than DeviantArt. They got into it. Um, I don't know how the site is now because I haven't been on it in a very long time. But they basically picked up my artwork and I said, hey, look, uh, I'm going to start lowballing some commissions. And then I started getting them more and more and more. And it got to the point where I didn't want to do my waitressing job anymore. And I said, all right, I'm going to quit that. And hopefully this artwork takes off. And it did. So I was very lucky. That's awesome. So it was by posting your art just within communities. Yeah, it's like 100% community based because if it wasn't for that community and you know the culmination of DeviantArt. I mean, this is before Instagram and before people really used Twitter a bunch too. So it was more like, okay, here's where I'm posting this. And I've been known, like I know a lot of communities before and since I've been growing up in the digital art world, um, I've had a lot surrounding me, like from my childhood days on like Neopets to websites like uh, Gaia Online and then going to when there was the big Okaki craze, which was like a drawing program that you had that was basically MS Paint in a browser and you would draw something on it and it was very limited and then you'd post it to a forum and people would comment on it right away. So after university, did you just go straight into this as a freelance career? What what happened then? Yeah, um, I mean, I started doing that at 19. I didn't leave uni until I was 21. So I was able to work through with commissions and support myself and pay my rent. Um, thankfully, I mean, I was living in like the student area of New Zealand, so it was very cheap, 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 terrible housing. <laughs> but I was able to pay the bills and keep the lights on and pay for the Internet. So that was good. And um, when I moved back to America, um, I was in a relationship. So I moved in with my boyfriend at the time. But all I did was do commissions. And that was my main job. And I actually haven't had a quote unquote I guess I don't want to say real job, but standard job, if you will, with a paycheck um, since then. So I've been very lucky. Good for you. So, so you never did go into graphic design. It stayed with No, <laughs> never. <laughs> you made your mum happy, so that's okay. Yeah, I got a piece of paper and I know not to use Comic Sans or Papyrus on anything. You know? <laughs> so where, where, where are you at Today, so you were doing private commissions and is that still the kind of thing or did you go into like uh, commissions for business? Where, where did it go? I'm trying to, you know, sort my portfolio and kind of branch out and work more for like companies and whatnot and trying to get my name out there. But private commissions are still a very lucrative part of my business. And with Twitch streaming, I'm able to work on my commissions that are obviously are already paid for and everything, but work on them and then interact with the community while I'm doing so. So it makes my job a little less lonely, which is quite nice. 
Yeah, so let's talk about Twitch because we haven't had a guest on who's been on Twitch before. And Ooh, I'm the first. Yeah, <laughs> many people might not because I think in, in certain communities or in illustration, people might know what Twitch is. Um, but yeah, explain what Twitch is for those who don't know. Um, well, Twitch is a uh, website where people who broadcast and create content are called streamers. Um, they usually focus around video game content. So you're playing a video game, you have a little talking head in the corner of the streamer, and they interact with their chat, and you know everyone has their own community based around their channel. Um, and for a while, Twitch wasn't actually doing art streaming. Like, you couldn't really do artwork stuff unless it was video game related and most of your content had to be game related and it was kind of a fuzzy area but I kind of came in at a good time where um, a few months into a few months to a year with me streaming and doing video game stuff they launched their creative channel and with their creative channel they said all right you can do whatever artwork you want it doesn't have to be video game related you know here you go go for it and now it's gotten to the point where if you want to find artists to do, you know, especially within the Twitch community, say you have a channel or a stream or whatever, and you want someone to do artwork for your channel, make it look nice, you go into the creative section and get another Twitch streamer to do it for you. So it's um, it's cool. It's kind of keeping it in-house and making everyone more connected, more so than just having their own channel community, but like inter-communities with other channels. So, yeah. so how long have you been streaming on there? I just celebrated my two years of streaming. Oh, congratulations. Thank you but very much. Am I right in thinking that you can make money by by stream and and like not as in on YouTube through adverts that people might think of, but don't people subscribe to channels and stuff like that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um if you are a partnered streamer, which I was lucky enough to get partnered in October, um people have the option of subscribing to your channel in which they don't get ads. Um, they get special emoticons based on your channel, like what you make, um, and they get other perks that the streamer can set themselves. You know, like some people are like, you get my Snapchat or, you know, I'll draw you, which is what I do in mine. I'm like, I'll try drawing you, but I have a lot of subscribers now and that was a terrible idea, but I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> so, but, so yeah, they... you get that. So so you started out as a normal streamer, as it were, where you would stream for free and people would see adverts. And then eventually you you become such a popular streamer that they say, hey, do you know what? How about a subscription for you? Got? Is that is that right? Yeah, you can you can apply for partnership. And um, I applied a few times and got rejected. And then I finally got it through on the creative side because creative was launching and I was doing more artwork. And they said, all right, we need more partnered creative streamers. Um, so I was very lucky with that. But uh, when I first started, it was all like any income I got from it wasn't it wasn't a lot. It was mostly commission work that was paying my bills. But uh, it was mostly like tips from people because you have the ability to tip a streamer if they offer it. So you'll have people sending in tips all the time. And it's just kind of like, hey, I like what you're doing. Here's a tip jar like you would for a busker on the street or, nice. you know, anyone offering a service. So it's a great way of, well, beating the isolation of working from home and stuff, but also you can make money from it and it's marketing yourself as well. Yeah, it's it's like a very positive cycle of <laughs> you get love from the community, you get instant feedback about your work that you're working on. Um, you can kind of balance out if you're more uh, ambiverdent like I am. So I, I like being by, on my own, but I like talking to people a lot. So it's good for me to just sit at my desk, still have, you know, 200 people telling me 
you know, hey, this looks good or I like your artwork or let me ask you questions and keep, you know, mentally stimulated while working on something. I find it's very good for the creative process personally. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like Facebook and Periscope uh, on Twitter. It's almost like the the rest of us are only catching up now on something which has been happening uh, for you for the last couple of years. That that ability to broadcast, to have people comment back, and then you end up in a conversation. It's very different from just streaming and there's no response. It, there's very much a response going on, isn't there? Yeah, there's um there's definitely a back and forth. I mean, I remember when there were the live stream days before. Um, Twitch was really like my main thing. I would occasionally do artwork on live stream. Um, there's other art sites too that do streaming like Picardo, I believe is another one. Um, I haven't dabbled much in those. I've tried them out, but I really like Twitch is kind of like my main thing now and I'm just focusing on that. But it's more of, okay, I do my artwork and that's like my main showcase and I still have games and stuff, but you're also on Twitch selling your personality in a way. Um, I'm very much... Uh, I mean, I'm myself on there, but I'm very much on. I'm very much, you know, trying to entertain at the same time while drawing. So it's not for everyone at the same time. Do you have to be like, um, I guess, like a TV channel where you say, right, I'm going to stream at these certain times and be consistent. And so it's, you know, it's like a job. I'm going to be here at this time, this time, this time. Oh, yeah. It is 100% a job for me. Um, I try to make my time as close to possible as being, you know, on time every every week or every day, I should say. Um, I've got a schedule. Um, if I am late, I usually make announcements to my subscribers just so they know like, hey, I'm going to be 30 minutes late or an hour late or, hey, I'm really not feeling it today so I'm not going to stream. But I, I try to be very transparent with my times and I try to keep a schedule because I find that channels that do start every time like or at the right time every day just tend to be so much more successful than ones that you're like, I don't know where this person is. They should be streaming right now. So do you stream every day? I try to stream every day except for Fridays and Sundays. And on a Saturday, you go all out, right? <laughs> on a Saturday, um, I have a special show that kind of started as a joke originally. Um, and I started doing it before the creative section was a thing and I'd work on video game artwork. But I have a section called Drink and Draw. And it's a special show where we talk about absolutely anything. Um, there's not that much drawing that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's more uh, dancing and singing. And um, just I like to think of it as um, if you have a group of friends who get together every weekend and just are very goofy or tell stories. And um, that's kind of what we do. And it's fun. I have like special guests come in. Um, I have a friend who's a dominatrix, so she'll come in and tell her stories every once in a while. That's always a treat. <laughs> it scares a lot of people. <laughs> but then I'll try to draw, like, if I have a friend over, I'll try to draw them as, like, hey, thanks for coming over to my house and sitting at me while I do my weird job. Uh, let me draw you kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, we'll do a little bit of art and a lot of drinking and a lot of uh, goofy chats, which yeah. is always fun. I must admit, I, I watched on replay the one where you were doing some – green drink and um i don't know what that was but it was very funny watching you properly get drunk um whilst drawing and oh, yeah. and having a lot of fun and then you suddenly hit the wall that we all do when we when we go drinking and then suddenly after that i noticed because i was skipping through that suddenly all the answers were getting very honest <laughs> but you, you know <laughs> it was almost like that bit in the bar where you go i love you man it was like that it was uh, and yeah it was uh, how long do these shows last because that seemed um, to go on for about eight hours and i thought maybe i've timed yeah. this wrong 
know. <laughs> it's um, my usual streams. I try to do at least three hours, but for drink and draws, um, I've had some that have lasted twelve hours, <laughs> which is a terrible idea when you're drinking that whole time. But I mean, I'm I'm happy that like I I one I do want to say like I make sure that people drink responsibly if they're drinking along with the channel and. Um, also with myself, like I am a very goofy person and the more tired I get, the more goofy I get. But uh, uh, I am very aware of my alcohol consumption on the shows because I'm like, oh, this is still a business. So we play it up a bit, but I try not to get too belligerent. Yes, interesting. So it is a business. And so that, as well as being bringing in you in commissions, you're strategically trying to build up your sub subscriptions. And is that a substantial part of your income now um now it's actually getting up there which is awesome like i'm uh, I, I mean i keep saying this but i'm so lucky and so humbled that people are willing to support me as like you know i tell them i'm like i'm a silly girl who draws cartoons mostly women with large boobs and i hang out on the internet and i say a lot of silly things but you know they still want to stick around so that's super cool for me and the fact that it can get to the point where I can, you know, pay rent and do everything with subscription soon is like blowing my mind. That's awesome. Yeah. You, I mean, you mentioned there, but uh, your personality is a big part of it. You know, you've got your distinctive green hair. You do your, <laughs> yeah. um, you, I don't know how long you've had that, mind you, but do you find that you're then portraying yourself to this community you're building up on, on other social streams, be it Twitter or Instagram or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's being like a, I consider myself more of an entertainer as well, like an entertainer and illustrator. Um, and being an entertainer comes with the fact of like, you have your own personal branding and things like that. But I try to stick with the quote unquote brand of myself is that I'm super honest. And I've said this before on Periscope and other streams, but like, I'm really open with my my community they're basically like a family to me and i'm really happy to answer a lot of questions and there's like a very very small percentage of things that i keep private and that's just like that's just my life that's me that's my thing but everything else is like what you see is what i am just maybe slightly more animated than i usually would be in person <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool i tell you what we will talk a bit more in a moment let me just remind you that this episode of being freelance is supported by the podcast host if you're thinking about starting a podcast but you've no idea where to start or maybe you started one and then kind of got stumbled up and uh, and struggled with it or maybe you've found your feet but you don't know how to take it to the next level and grow it they can help you with all of those things they have all manner of courses mastermind groups one-on-one -on -one coaching and even the ability to take the technical side of it off your hands so you record your end of the podcast send it to them they edit it publish it to the world so they're um they're really nice guys the main guy there is colin gray who's well worth following on snapchat by the way i'm really enjoying following how he's developing his business and his own podcast and also his family love, the beautiful scenery of Scotland, uh, where he's based. So yeah, anyway, take a look, beingfreelance.com and follow the links through to the podcast host. And thanks to them as ever for their support. But back to you, Austin, when it comes to being paid, if, if a lot of these are private um, commissions, how do you go about that? Did you set up, um, you know, a site where you could take payments or... Oh, yeah. Um, I do everything through PayPal. Um, and it's kind of been the way I've run my commissions since I was young. But uh, basically, people will put in an order like, hey, I want 
uh, for argument's sake, let's say a full body, full color uh, piece. And I'm like, okay, great. One character, cool. And I'm like, it's going to cost this much. They go, great. I'm like, cool. I'll invoice them with PayPal. They pay me. I start on their commission right away. And I'm really lucky that I haven't gotten to the point where people scam me too much. Um, It's happened a few times, which is why I take payment up front now. But, you know, you live and learn as you go through the digital art world. And there's always going to be the people who try to rip you off. But um, it's been really good. And so I kind of have like a menu right now on my website that I just send people to. And I'm like, look, here's how you order. Here's the prices. Here's like a ballpark. So you can kind of figure out what your commission will be. Email me if you have any questions and then we can work it out. And it seems to be working out very well. How long have you been doing that? Because it's it's great. Like, here's my menu. Here's how I work. Yeah, um, I've been doing that. I mean, for years and years and years, almost almost ten years. So it was definitely a struggle at the start because you need to worry about your pricing. You need to worry about you know your fairness because I find a lot of artists when they start out they have the inevitable like, oh, I'm not as good as so and so, so I'm just going to charge a little bit. But that kind of comes out of like, okay, well, how much are you making per hour? Are you making more than you would at a minimum wage job? Because first of all, what you're doing is a specialty. Second of all, it's a luxury item. So not everyone's going to be able to pay for art. Don't feel bad if someone's like, oh, your prices are too expensive for me. It's like, sorry, but, you know, it's a hard job to do because it's taken years of skill. But um, also just like, I don't know, figuring out, what you're worth is really hard and that's taken i don't know maybe five years to get to that point and then i had to build on the next five years of like okay i need to up my prices i need to figure out you know how long these take me to do and it's just been an evolving process throughout the years and i think it's still i'm still figuring things out like there's still things i can do better it sounds like you're doing very well (laughs) thank you but those are some great answers for um for people in particular who are who are artists It sounds very full on. The whole work-life balance phrase gets banded about a lot. And I'm aware that you clearly love what you do. So maybe it doesn't feel like work. Don't know. Just answering that bit for you. Not sure. (laughs) Um, No, some days it feels like work for sure. Does it? (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes it still feels like you've got to show up. Well, it's it's not even that. Like if I, if for like... Let me start over. If I start my day and I go, there's no way I'm going to stream today or I have no desire or I'm too low energy or I just feel like crap, I won't do it because I'm of the mindset that you should always do something because you want to do it. And if you don't want to do it, everyone's going to know that you're not wanting to do it while you're doing it. And it's not going to be a good time for anyone. Nice. So yeah. I, it's, I'm, you can kind of grin and bear it sometimes, but other times I'm like, hey guys, I'm in a terrible place today, so let's just pick it up tomorrow. And usually those are the days when your body or your mind is just like, you need to take a break. How yeah. about when it comes to holidays? Do you take the show on the road or do you sever it and have a proper break? Va- um, vacations, I should say. Sorry. Uh, yeah, a holidays and like actual holidays, I'll stream on a lot of actual holidays because I find a lot of people are like, hey, my family isn't here, so I'm just going to hang out and watch you. And I'm like, cool, because I was doing the same thing for a while. But um, for any kind of like vacations or anything, I try not to take them too often. And um, coming up next week, I'm actually going to be going to uh, New York and I'm going to be going to Boston for a convention. Um, but that's going to be like a whole week off. And I noticed that uh, with the online world, it's very fickle. And if you're not putting out content and if you're not streaming often, um, it gets to the point where people, they don't necessarily forget, but they find other people to watch. And that's fair. That's how it works. And you have to just work double 
as hard when you get back from your vacation. Um, and I find that having a very strong community helps combat that. But there's always going to be a degrada- degradation to your degradation. De- 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 I can't <laughs> words. It's still I haven't had my coffee yet. There's always going to be a decrease. We'll use that uh, in your numbers and your viewership right after you take a vacation. So you have to kind of do it with tact and figure out when you want to do it. But I still find them being absolutely necessary to the creative process in anything like you need to take your time off. You need to clear your head and you need to not work for a bit. When it comes to showing your portfolio, uh, have you learned through anything over the years in, in that respect? <laughs> My first answer is that it needs to get better. Um, <laughs> but that's that's like any artist, right? You know, we always find that we need to do better and strive for more. Um, but I think more so like I haven't really gone through the process of showing my portfolio to anyone except for recently when I have applied to two separate jobs at two separate game companies and that's where the oh it needs to get better has come from (laughs) because they were just like ah you don't really have any experience and you know we need to see more from you and so I was like okay I need to step up my game so that's kind of like my goal this year is like I need to step up my game and I need to really figure out what I want and what I'm doing uh, but yeah, I, I otherwise I don't really show it off that much. It's more like, hey, it's here. If you want artwork from me, you can look at it. And then I just kind of run away. That's interesting. So you've, you, you're approaching games companies like as a freelance um, character designer. Would that be? I, I have approached or? some for like full time jobs oh, right. just because of how my life is now. I just moved back from Austin, Texas, and I um, am kind of through that weird transitionary period of someone who is in their mid twenties and moves back in with their family. <laughs> oh. so I'm living that life right now but uh I uh I'm trying to like figure out my options and be like okay you know maybe I'll work for a game company not only would it be amazing because yeah. I love video games but I think working for a company and doing artwork and kind of working in a different space than the freelance space that I've been doing for the last you know 10 years um would really improve my artwork and my skill my craft like absolutely everything there's no downsides to it um, so that's kind of where I'm like, okay, maybe this is the next path I take in life, but I'm I'm not sure yet. That's really interesting. And I suppose you've always got that freelance side to you on the side. There's nothing that says you can't still stream of an evening. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like um, I have friends who work at game companies and they streamed or, or they stream every evening, but they still go to their, you know, nine to five during the day and then come home and stream. When it comes to improving, as you say, your portfolio, how do you think you're going about that? Like, do you decide to work on uh, specific things? Like, do you create side projects or or is that a work in progress? I don't know. Um, I think right now my main goal is that if I'm going to be doing work that's not paid work, um, it has to be something for me. And I've been wanting to do my own webcomic for a very long time, um, about seven years now. And I've gotten to the point where I think I know the story enough. I've experienced enough in my life that I can write truthfully from it. But also I feel like my art is at the point where it can handle the workload. Uh, So basically I said, okay, well, if I want to get into concept art jobs or character design jobs, let me start doing all that character design and concept art for my characters and move forward from there. So that was something that I decided about a month ago. And I've been so busy since then with commissions and everything. But now I'm like, okay, I got to do it. Like, I got to start drawing it and getting there. And I've done one page for one of my characters. Um, 
But I figure, you know, if you're going to be working, might as well do something for yourself because it'll improve you. Yeah. And I guess you you can work on those in front of your audience, can you? Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not an NDA thing. So I can just be like, hey, these are my characters. This is what I'm working on, you know, and talk about my story. Mm-hmm. And once again, it goes through that positive creative cycle of people ask me questions and I go, hmm, I never thought that about this character. Let me think about that. And it's character design in both the written function and in the like appearance as well. Yeah. And it's great. I love it. <laughs> What's been the biggest challenge, do you think, over the past 10 years then of being freelance? Uh, definitely balancing the personal life. Um, having a social life and going out and doing everything. Because even though streaming is good and it is great and I get to talk to people, um, I find that I still need my time to myself, one. But then I also need time with friends. So it's both the private personal life and the social personal life that I struggle with and – I think a lot of people think that they're like, oh, you just sit at home and draw all day. And I'm like, well, yes, but (laughs) (laughs) I have to. (laughs) Um, So I think it's, yeah, definitely, definitely trying to balance that personal life is so key. And I'm, I'm getting there more now. I'm trying to take days off and force myself to not work on the days off. Um, So, yeah, really fighting that workaholic tendency, I guess. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself, make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? Okay. Well, I, uh, I actually started doing commission work when I was 16 years old. I'm classically trained in acoustic guitar, and I pitched a show when I was 11 years old to Nickelodeon. Oh, Matt. Well, okay. What was the show when you were 11 years old to Nickelodeon? Oh, it was an anime. It was I wanted to pitch an anime to them and I had a whole written out thing about a half cat girl and her friend because she's an alien. So she came down and I did this whole spiel to them and I had the character designs and I had a mini Bible printed out and stapled and uh, the people at Nickelodeon straight up were like, "Uh, this is adorable, but we don't do anime. And then they released Speed Racer like three months later and I was like, you jerks. (laughs) (laughs) and you're classically trained in acoustic guitar yeah i i know how to play all the chords on a guitar (laughs) no that's the lie (laughs) i can't (laughs) you're a rubbish liar i am i'm very honest and open (laughs) i can play a g chord I is can it, play a real good G. I know. All the chords. Uh, is that what you call them? That was almost yeah. that, that pause. I, here's the sad thing is that I own four guitars. <laughs> and I can barely play any of them. There's, like, I, there's your fact. I own four guitars and I can't play them. Um, <laughs> yeah. I needed the lie, though, man. I needed the lie. I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> Uh, so you did you did take commissions when you were 16. Okay. Yeah, but I would charge like just pennies. It was dumb. Um, <laughs> I'd spend like two hours on a commission and I'd get like $5. Like it was so dumb. But at 16, you're like, oh my God, I'm making money and I don't have to go to my day job because I had one of those too. <laughs> you mentioned that you go to conventions. Is that purely a fan geeking over them sort of thing or is that a work thing 
Um, it's a mix of both. Uh, I used to go to do like to conventions like um, San Diego Comic Con, C two E two in Chicago, so Comic Con stuff, um, Armageddon in Melbourne and Auckland. Um, I've done cons like that for work, um, doing merchandise and booth management. But uh, only recently did I go to Pack South, which was a couple months ago, and that was as myself, which was a really weird thing because I had business cards and I walked around. And talk to other people at Twitch, and it's very strange. Like I'm, I'm in this weird point in my life where people come up to me and they go, "Oh, you're Austin," and I'm like, "Indeed, who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a very strange, strange thing because I'm still a small streamer by all accounts. But um, yeah, it, it was just really bizarre, and it was really cool at the same time meeting everyone because I am very adamant that everyone in my channel is family so a lot of people got a lot of hugs and probably didn't expect a lot of hugs um but yeah and so i'm starting to go to conventions uh quote unquote as myself as opposed to as with a business um but i still go as a fan i went to WonderCon as a fan and it was awesome like i just got to walk around and see all the cool things and stare at all the artwork but um i still really want to go to a convention as an artist and have a table and sell prints and do everything. So that's something that I might be doing um, probably start of next year. Cool. Do it. <laughs> do you get to a point where you you have to say, actually, I can't take on any more commissions? How how do you manage people's expectations to turn around and things like that when you're taking private commissions? Oh, well, I mean, with private commissions, I try to be very open with my commissioners and I go, Hey, look, I want to finish this within two weeks at the latest, but if it takes longer, uh, because you know, I'm traveling or I have, you know, every once in a while the nerves in my arm act up. So I have to take a few days off, but, um, I'm, I very like, I go out of my way to email them. I let them know, Hey, this is where it's at. Just want to let you know. And everyone's been so lovely and like, that's fine. Like, thank you for communicating. Cause I think that's the most important thing. Cause everyone's had, a commission story if they've ordered from artists where they're like, I'm still waiting on a commission from six years ago. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, how how are they still in business? Um, so I try to have a good turnaround time um, that's reasonable. And I take on maybe about like five commissions at most per month. And right now I'm currently shut down for commissions because I'm like, all right, need to get through all these guys. And I'm going to be traveling all up and back up once I finish these and you know, I'm settled back into my day-to-day -day routine. If you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Oh, just really focus on the things you want to do because if you try to pander or draw what you think people want to see or work on art that you think people want to work on, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you do what you want to do, you're going to start kicking some real butt and uh, doing cool things on Twitch. <laughs> Have you found yourself in that trap? I'm I I don't I don't want to say that I've been stuck in it but every once in a while I've been like, "Hey, let me let me just draw something that I know will get, you know, views or likes or whatever on whatever social media." And afterwards I'm kind of like, "I feel dirty now." You know, like <laughs> it's it's does it fulfill the soul? What a great place to end. Thank you so much. You've got to check out Austin's Twitch. You've got to be intrigued now, right? Um, <laughs> go go take a look at beingfreelance.com and we'll have links to all the key points we've been talking about and to where you can find Austin online as well. And all the best for the future. It's been great chatting to you. Thank you so much. All the best being freelance. Thank you.